pray you in all of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Welcome to Faith Community United Methodist Church. This is our last Sunday in June, believe it or not. Can you believe we're already through June? It's hard to believe our summer is going by faster than I would like. I'm a summer guy. Uh, but it is nice for us to be able to continue to gather throughout uh, the summer. And I'm glad there's uh, some people here. A lot of times you go on vacation and, you know, I'm just here talking to myself. So I'm glad you guys are here this morning. It is uh, a time for us to just rest in God's grace. So I invite you to allow the, the boundless grace to wash over you today. As we look at our uh, announcements this morning in our bulletin, uh, do take note of, uh, of going out and looking at the, the West Ohio Conference, the annual conference material, uh, of just a, a review of what went on at conference so that you have that information before you. There's information on how to get that. Uh, we also were contacted this week about an opportunity for the 55 and older group. Uh, the East High Culture and Community Association is uh, having a Senior Citizens Game Day. So if that's something that interests you, a chance to get out and just to interact with some folks, uh, take note of that. As we go on into July, there's a couple opportunities for you to get involved. Uh, one being VBS and the other being the Shoes for the Shoeless. So uh, make sure you read those announcements and see where you might plug in, uh, see where there's help needed, uh, and make sure that you contact the right people uh, that will get you uh, involved. Also, there are uh, needs that we have on a regular basis, including providing the beautiful flowers that we have every week. Uh, I know that coming into July, there's a couple weeks in July and August that are still open, so if that is something you can help with, uh, go ahead and put your name on that, as well as being greeters. Uh, we need folks to welcome people as they come in, uh, so and, and there may be an opportunity for you to try something a little bit different and be a part of that group that welcomes people, and there's sign-ups for that uh, out there in the narthex as well. So I just invite you once again to allow God's grace to wash over you as we experience the prelude. Use that as an opportunity to begin centering yourself this morning.
Thanks, Pam. Lord, abide with us. As you are able, would you please rise for the call to worship? Incline your ear to us, O God. Hear our praises. Awaken our hearts. We are your servants. We lift up our souls to you. For you, O God, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love. When our days are filled with trouble, we call on you, knowing you will answer. Your people everywhere glorify your name, for you are slow to anger and quick to listen. Speak to us, gracious Lord, and show us the way. Our opening hymn is Christ Alive, number 318. We'll be singing one, two, four, and five verses. May be seated. Thanks, girls, for struggling with that light. <laughs> if you could join me in our opening prayer as printed in the bulletin, let us pray. Thank you, Thank you loving spirit, for the warmth of summer and for your invitation to embrace abundant life. Your promise of resurrection allows past troubles to die 
as we rise with you to new life. Inspire us to follow your lead, even when it requires us to bear a cross of sacrifice in your name. May our love for you be complete as we share words and acts of compassion with a word that yearns for your peace. Amen. We can have the children come forward, please. Hi guys, gosh, got a small group today. <laughs> well, I wanna talk about, we're talking about God is alive and God is alive in a lot of different things. And I think we should be thankful for the things that we see where we see God alive. Sometimes we forget to be thankful, but have you looked at a sunrise lately or a sunset? God's pretty much out there. And what about the crops after we got the rain? Did you notice how the corn is just going? That's God alive. He brought that rain. And you know what? The flowers in my garden all winter long were under the ground. And now, the flowers in my garden are alive. God has created some beautiful flowers. And what about the animals? Anybody have a 4-H animal? Yeah, God's alive in those animals, in your pets. So God is just everywhere. And I think we need to remember that to be thankful for all that we have. God's alive in you, you, all of you out there. And we say thank you to him when we sing the doxology. We say praise God from whom all blessings flow, right? So we are thanking him, but we need to remember to thank him every day. Oh, one way that we can learn about God is coming to Bible school, because Bible school's coming up. Are you guys going to come to Bible school? Oh, it's going to be a fun week, and we're going to learn about God a lot that week. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for so many blessings. You have given us blessing after blessing, and we are grateful for these children, this church, and every opportunity that we have to praise you. In his name we pray. Amen. hour.
That hymn says it all for us of why we come. We come to Thee and we need Thee every hour. In this hour, we're taking this time to express that. To let the Lord know that we understand our need for God in our life. So take a few moments for yourself just to uh, of just some silence and to really speak to the Lord, letting him know your need for today. Gracious and merciful God, we come to Thee this day, this hour. Lord, if we just think for a moment, we will be able to come up with various reasons on why we need You. But Lord, if we even took a a little longer, we would even know our need is even greater. So often we like to discount what is going on in our lives. Oh, well, we don't need to pray. We can handle this one. But oh God, why? Why would we? Why would we not walk with you every moment of the day? So Lord, maybe our need today, this morning, is to really... Show us to really touch our hearts in a way that says it's okay to pray in the little things. It may be even more necessary to pray in the little things to keep us connected so that when the big things come, we are able to continue to walk with you and not lose sight of how you are there with us and strengthening us and giving us courage healing. So God, we pray this day that you would expose our need for you. That you would draw us closer with thee. That we would truly be open to what you have for us. So that we will be more available to you. So you can show us where we are to go, where we are to be in ministry where we are to be a present for someone who has not yet met you. Lord, we know your grace is sufficient. So let us live into your grace that is abounding all around. we were sharing with the children, we should be grateful in seeing how you are at work in our lives and around us in the world, seeing you come to life, even in plant life, animal life, and human life. 
we are grateful. May we show it as we continue to walk with Thee. Let us now pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. It is because we are grateful that we respond in gratitude by sharing all that we have been given. We are able to recognize how we have been blessed in order to be a blessing. It is the gifts that we share, that share with the world around us, that we truly are the church. Ushers, will you wait upon us?
please join in the prayer of dedication. Generous God, your morning sun gives life, your evening breeze refreshes the soul. As life grows to its fullest this summer, let us generously and repeatedly, through our gifts, may the hungry be fed, the lonely find good friends, and the grieving find comfort. With these offerings, we offer our own lives, that we may rise again to live with you. Amen. You may be seated. The scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. Dying and rising with Christ. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order to, in order that grace may increase? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death, like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed, so we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thank be you, to God. God. When I was in seventh and eighth grade, my best friend's dad was the manager of the movie theater uh, here in Fairborn, Ohio. It was great, let me tell you, because his dad would let us watch all the movies we wanted as long as we helped out around the theater. We popped the popcorn, we, we swept the floors, we took out the trash, and then we would take in a movie. It was during this time that Star Wars and Superman the movie were released. Now this sparked my interest in both science fiction and superhero movies. I passed down that interest to my children and then they introduced me to the fantastical worlds of Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings. These genres like to explore the boundaries of human imagination. Often there is 
an exploration of alternate worlds or, or realms which are discovered. Movies like The Matrix, Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness, and even Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse transport characters from one reality to another. Depending on where they are, they exist under different powers and realities. And in some cases, the characters must learn to function within their new reality to reach their full potential. You may be wondering where I'm going with this. Well, in our text today, Paul reminds us that in Christ, we are a new creation who must learn to function within our new reality to reach our fullest potential. Before we encounter Jesus Christ, we exist in the world which God created, but we are not fully alive to God. However, in Christ, we are being transformed by the Holy Spirit to be fully alive to God and His reign. So with Paul's help today, we're going to explore how do we become more alive to God. Now before we get to the Scripture in chapter 6, we need to look back just a few verses to understand where Paul is taking us. So in the previous chapter, Paul sets apart Adam and Jesus as representatives of distinctive realities. He concluded saying this, So now the righteous requirements necessary for life are met for everyone through the righteous act of one person, Jesus. Just as judgment fell on everyone through the failure of one person, Adam. Many people were made righteous through the obedience of one person just as many people were made sinners through the disobedience of one person. The law stepped in to amplify the failure, but where sin increased, grace multiplied even more. The result is that grace will rule through God's righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, just as sin ruled in death. Do you see the, the distinctions that are being raised? Paul explained that the rule of sin existed long before the law of Moses. What the law did was increase the awareness of sin and the power it has to govern our lives. What the law was intended to do was to awaken us to our incapacity to attain righteousness on our own. We needed God to intervene. However, the law became a means of control and was and is used even today as a source of power over people and as a tool to separate people from God. The law is based on the governing power of sin in the world and has led humanity to strive by their own power to attain righteousness. Paul then recognized the rule of grace through Jesus Christ. Grace is based on God's governing power and righteousness. So sin has no role or rule under God's reign of grace. Highlighting these differences, Paul asked this, What then are we to say? 
Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Paul wanted his readers to see the distinction and know that where we live matters. To be a more, a more alive to God, we must first acknowledge there are two distinct powers that govern life, sin and grace. Both realities or powers exist in the world today. And the truth of the matter is we all originate under the power of sin. Paul asked us, do we want to continue living under sin's authority to further prove the, the need of grace? Friends, there is enough proof. We don't need to stay where we started life. There is a new rule of life through Jesus Christ, and that is grace. If we have indeed been awakened to grace, to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, then we also must see that Jesus is also our Lord. You see, it was Jesus' work on the cross that gives us access to transfer our allegiance from sin to grace. Paul wrote, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore, we have been buried with Him by baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father... So we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So many of us who love Jesus appreciate his teaching, the forgiveness he offers, and the hope of eternal life that he promises us. But we struggle with his death on the cross. We question the necessity of his crucifixion. It is good for us to question, but at some point we must grasp the effectiveness of the passion of Jesus Christ. Now, J.D. Walt, a pastor and theologian, and one of the, the founders of Seedbed, he explained it like this. As Jesus was crucified on the cross, he took on himself in his body the sin of Adam and the sins of the world, past, present, and future. Further, as Jesus' body was laid in the tomb, the sin of Adam and all the sins of the world, past, present, and future, were laid there in his body. As Jesus rose from the dead, he left the sin and the sins in the grave, buried, dead, lifeless, forever. Jesus' death on the cross and burial in the tomb ended the reign of sin in the world for all who believe. It is finished were the words Jesus used as he took his last breath on the cross. Walt went on to say this. He said, Our sin and our sins are buried in a tomb outside of the city gates in old Jerusalem. They are dead rotten, ever rotting, dead to us, dead to eternity, forever dead and buried. They have no life 
no power, no gravity, but that we accede or give to them. So Jesus finished the work on the cross to remove the power of sin. To be more alive to God, we must believe that in Christ we now live under the power of grace. We have to transfer our allegiance to the grace of Jesus Christ and stop giving power to sin. To do this, it requires a change of heart, a change of mind, and a willingness to allow the power of grace through the work of the Holy Spirit to facilitate that change. So Paul encouraged, we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. This is where we struggle. It is so hard for us to make the transition from the rule of sin to the rule of grace. We constantly want to lift up what is sin so we can avoid it and appear righteous and at the same time judge and shame others for missing the mark that we have determined, even if we use Scripture as our source for setting the bar. We can't keep on arguing about what is sin and what isn't. As we do this, we are giving power to sin. And subjecting ourselves to the law of sin to determine our righteousness. Paul wrote to the Gentiles of Galatia who were being told by a group of Jewish Christians they had to be circumcised and follow the law of Moses. Warning them, saying, Is the law then opposed to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could make alive, then righteousness would indeed come through the law. But the Scripture has imprisoned all things under the power of sin, so that what was promised through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded by the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Now friends, the Scriptures are the Word of God. And there is power in God's Word which is alive. The power within the Scripture, as noted in the United Methodist Church Book of Discipline, contains all things necessary for salvation. The Scriptures affirm and confirm Jesus Christ as our salvation given by the grace of God. The Holy Spirit speaks through the Holy Scriptures to transform our hearts and our minds. But the Scripture as law and the rule of sin do not give us life. Grace through Jesus Christ does. To be alive to God, we must release sin, shame, and death 
As long as our focus is on sin, sin will maintain its grip. Release the grip. Now you may have read at the West Ohio Conference earlier this month, the clergy and lay delegates to the conference approved two recommendations in support of removing the restrictive language regarding homosexual persons from the United Methodist Church Book of Discipline and to refrain from pursuing resolutions to complaints associated with the current language. These are recommendations to general conference, which will then be voted on the actual legislation. These measures are in the spirit of releasing the grip. They are in no way intended to disregard the authority of the scriptures, but a movement of releasing authority to the grace of Jesus Christ. We can't just let go of sin and shame, however. We have to complete the transition to the newness of life in Christ. So Paul concluded, but if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The transition we make is one of faith in Jesus Christ, who by grace reconciles us with God by His righteousness, not ours. It is through Christ we are made perfect. We can trust Jesus with our life to root out sin that is within our hearts and captive in our minds. In our walking with Jesus, and walking with the written Word of God, the Holy Spirit gently shows us where we are falling short. And by the power of grace, transforms us to reflect more and more of Christ. We must continually walk with Jesus to live under the power of grace. To be alive to God, we must submit to grace and live in Christ. When we are alive to God in the power of grace, we live to God's will in our lives and offer grace to others. So we must think, just as we can trust Jesus with our lives, we can also trust Jesus with everyone else's life too. It is Jesus we need to lift up to all that we meet. It is Jesus who gives life. Christ's death removes sin as the reigning power and His rising destroyed death, transferring power to grace and life through Him. In Christ, we become alive to God. To be more fully alive to God, we must acknowledge the existence of the competing powers of sin and grace. Believe that in Christ we live under the power of grace. Releasing sin, shame, and death and submitting completely to grace. And live in Christ alone. By grace we are freed from the power of sin. Be free and alive to God.
Amen. Please rise for the closing hymn, And Are We Yet Alive? Number 553, 1, 2, 5, and 6 verses. knowing that whatever is within you is now dead to sin and alive to grace through Jesus Christ. Go in peace in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.